Okay. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Lauren. And you're listening to Podcast Podcast. A podcast that talks about how great podcasts are. How self-obsessed. Episode 77. You know what that means. We're wrapping up season one. Everyone knows that all first seasons are 77 77 episodes. episodes. It's a rule. Everyone knows that. And so, actually... Let's be let's behind the curtain this a little bit. It just peaked, a little a bit little, of honesty. A little peaksy. We kind of forgot to stop season one. Yeah. We were having so much fun. Yeah. So literally the other day we were like, wait, should we have like an end like a break? Like a hiatus. Yeah. Most podcasts have like a Yeah, the season is like generally September to May. Or six to twelve seasons or episodes perhaps. Yeah. You're right. Most are even shorter. Yeah, Most like, are like I work for podcasts that have approximately six to nine right. maybe episodes granted the work that goes into each episode yeah, ours is more i mean oh yes that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. well we so this, we're gonna take a break but don't worry we will be back, we'll be b- 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 well, back. We are, this is just normal this we is have to, like, like and like plan and this talk. is like go do your california summer well get your beach bod this is listen to drink your margarita 77 episodes including true. this one just head back yeah um also you know what my I, favorite number but is but wait don't listen to the first one because i re- recently re-listened and it was a nightmare started to what uh you know what my favorite number is 77 Se- well oh, just seven well yeah. then you must love 77 it's perfect i always love the number seven because it's an upside down l that's a really good reason to love the number and seven. And four, because you have to draw now. Why do you love Well, that's seven? so weird. Seven, four, and one are my three favorite numbers. Oh, and I can't I can't really describe why, other than like seven is green, four is orange, and one is You're, white. You have that thing where you... Yeah. Ish. I, that makes sense as a designer. Yeah. That's, that's cool. I picture numbers, single-digit numbers, as very clearly having a... Uh, color. Wait, what's four? Four is orange. What's seven? Seven is green. Okay. Six is red. Eight is blue. Okay. And I think that outside of that, I don't have strong feelings. Two is probably yellow. Huh. These are not making sense to me, but I assume you're correct. Yeah. Oh, I think nine is purple. That makes sense to me. But it sounds like I don't have one for three. Well, you think about that. Or five. Well, you have some homework before episode... 78. <laughs> wow, I have I have some time to yeah. think about also it. Also think of what color 78 is. Every episode will now be like, what wow. color is this episode? I love that. Wow. I love that. So, And also, your homework will also be to go through all 77 and assign colors. Good. You might have to get one of those gigantic Crayola boxes where it's like, tickle me pink. Right. <laughs> Which number is tickle me pink? Tickle me pink is... 22? I think it's maybe 52, because oh, like five I think is pink. Okay. Um, we're going to have to get nuance though. You're right. Okay. It's going to have to be like light chartreuse. I don't know. I love the Tickle Me Pink episode, whatever it is. Uh, me too. I always me love too. that crayon. It's going to be like, you know, the intro to girls, the TV show, I've HBO's girls. It, oh. it on Bravo. Okay. Well, one of my favorite things they do is the title sequence is this really bold, big block type girls in a background color. And they're always different. The two colors oh, of the type and the background are always different. And they're like gorgeous, gorgeous, really thoughtful combinations. Yeah. Let's steal it. Remind me to pull it up. It's okay. really it's really pretty. Um, should we jump in? Yeah. Do you have any show notes? I mean, that was a pretty big show nut. Well, sorry. Oh, also, last night <laughs> I had a dream that I had sex with David Sedaris's straight brother. 
And uh, all I wanted to do was talk about David Sedaris, but I knew that he wouldn't like it, so I had to try to think of other things to talk about. Wow. And it was really difficult. What did Wait, you dream about? This last is night? a stupid question, but does he really have a straight brother? He does. I don't know what he looks like. I it was like a man that was attractive that yeah. I was like in my head, I was like, This is David Sedaris's brother. Wow. And, yeah. And I kept on being like, I wanna ask I would be like so do you do oh don't bring that up you know what i mean like i yeah. was like, oh, like he doesn't want to talk about david but all i wanted to talk about was david Sedaris. anyway what did you dream about last night it's a very interesting topic what people are dreaming it about, is as we've learned uh, as, as opposed to what mrs matheson thinks um i i you should have asked me this morning because i do dream every night and i um wake up every morning like knowing vividly what i dreamed about but i can't recall it now as is often you were the dreaming case. that you were you had sex with David Sedaris and you didn't yeah. want to bring up his straight brother. Or I all I wanted to talk about was his sister's sprinkle line. Oh my god, Amy Sedaris' that sprinkles has to be it. There's no other. Ex- and I just there's no felt, other possibility. Yeah, I just felt embarrassed. I really think that's it. Oh, I really want to. Really maybe I'll have that dream tonight. It. That'd be fun. Yeah, it'd be a really nice bookend. <laughs> yeah, I'll try. I'll yeah. visualize. Good. Well, was that dream a show not? Because I really like it. Pardon me? Was that dream part of the show notes? Oh, I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Like <laughs> I was thinking about that on the way home. I was yeah. like, I have to tell Eric this. Uh, uh. Um, wait, does that mean that now it's time for our first segment? Oh, yes, it is. Our first segment is, say it with me, Podcast Challenge. This is the segment where we challenge each other to listen to a podcast or an episode of a podcast that either we really dig and want to share or that we think the other person would like, but it's always we don't know that it's happening until it's revealed. Big surprise. So I challenged you last week, but I don't know I don't know how you found it. So um I I asked you to listen to the podcast Committed, um, and specifically the episode of Three Minute Love Stories. So Committed is from iHeartRadio. Joe Piazza delves into um, inspiring couples of all kinds. Um, and this episode in particular was listener stories about their relationship in three minutes or less. I loved it. You did? Yeah. The stories were actually made me really appreciate my relationship yeah. because like they were, these couples were going through shit. There were some hiccups. And it was also like, yeah, what if we had a disabled child or like, what if the most interesting one, I mean, they were quick, but yeah. like the most interesting one was the woman who said, my husband did it, trained for an Ironman and then yeah. he like broke a record. So he had to do, go to the finals and like... <sighs> What do you have to do for your husband to train for an Ironman? Right. You're a widow, right. they call it. And yeah. I don't know. So it was really, it did, I didn't, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. It, but also, I feel like they could have been even shorter. I think it would have been more fun. Because like, it made me realize how long three minutes is. Yeah, 60, 60 seconds like maybe. One, yeah, I think they should have asked for shorter. I think it'd be really fun if you had a podcast show where each each week a podcast show. I meant a stand-up show. Oh. Each week you it was a different theme and you would talk about like funny things in your life related to that theme and then there would be a portion where people could come up and in 60 seconds or less tell a story on that theme. So kind of like the moth. Kind of like the moth, kind of like something you used so, to honey. have which is called loop letters. Oh yeah. Um, kind of like and I don't kind think of so, like honey. your stand up, kind of like I don't think so, honey. Yeah, it's a combo. Let's let's do it. Let's kind, start it. Kind of like um, the uh, UCB East. What was that? Where they would have someone tell a bad roommate story. Oh yeah, the, um, the improv. Yeah. Well, let's. We have. We're about to have some free time, so let's do it. That's true. Our summer just really freed do? up. Oh my God. I I can't. I have to work on my tan. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I have to work on my suntan. <laughs> oh my God. 
Yeah, I have to eat bonbons. Oh, wow. Monty's being so cute right Monty, he's, the intern cat, he's is... He's really nervous that oh. the, the episode's ending. Oh, he's it's sad. Gonna, it's just a little break. We're still going to see Uncle Eric. It's well, okay. since he gets he's school credit over. for this internship, he is worried about his, oh, his graduating. <laughs> you're going to graduate with flying colors, but... Oh, wow, they are not... The listeners are not enjoying this. I am. Oh, God, I wish you could see. He's being he's, so... He's, like, kissing He's being jacket. so lovey-lovey. Okay, shall we move on? Okay, Yeah, wait. You. I A+. Plus. Great. Also, I listened to another episode with Dory and her husband. Yeah. Um, like, I, there were... Like they, all the episodes I've listened to have been really good. So. Yeah, it's a great podcast. It's a great show. If yeah. y'all want to listen along, check out Committed. And this episode was three minute love stories. Yeah. Uh, now it's now my it's turn to challenge time. you. You challenge me. Well, oh now Monty is kissing Eric. He came right over to share the wealth. Oh. What a love. Um. Okay, I have a different kind of challenge for you because yeah. you know we have a break and like well, I feel like true. if I challenge you to something you. You would like forget or like totally forget my, how to talk or my something. My dog would eat it. Yeah. Right, right, right. So I am challenging you to do something. And actually, I don't know if you're going to want to do this because um, it's kind of involved. But I'm, I'm going to do it too. I'm excited it's and It's a scared. little bit more work. Yeah. But do with it what you will. Great. There's no rules. Great. And I'm going to do it also. Love it. But I want you to, be, between now and Labor Day, make, the, the listeners are going to miss us, right? So much. Make a mini podcast. A mini episode. Uh, it can be whatever the fuck you want. You can interview Betsy or your mom or Alan or just like say to Alan, Alan, talk for 15 minutes. Yeah. Or, or record a conversation with Patty or Kate. Yeah. Like, I don't care what it is. Or if you want to re- a review a show you've seen wow. or like um, hand the mic over to someone else yep. that is funny. But and like just send it to me whenever you do it. Doesn't matter. It, does not matter in between now and Labor Day, and then yeah. I'll upload it, and it'll be a surprise. I love that. Okay, and I'm gonna do it. And you're gonna do the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that. Fun. What a good interim challenge. And it'll have a little like show. exciting little surprise. I like that. Yeah, okay, is that okay? That's a great All one. Right. That's so a really stay, great stay one. Stay tuned. That's your challenge. Challenge. It's a little more challenging. That is a little more challenging, but worthy worthy of the time. Yeah. Maybe this will be the new podcast where wow. it's just like a mishmash of mini apps. There's like no cohesion. We're like, what if we took the structure out of what, what we, we do? Just, yeah. <laughs> this is a very structured show. Yeah, it is. When we listen to a lot that have no structure. Yeah. And also I'm starting to realize, I mean, it is, we do a lot of work. Like, yeah. We, a lot of show notes, the show notes are yeah. quite comprehensive. We plan it. It takes a long time to be like thinking about what, listening all week. Yep. What clip do I want? How do I structure it? What part do I use? What do I say before? What do I say after? What questions do I yep. ask? How do I tie this in? Like, And you listen to much more of a breadth of podcasts than I do. So for me, it's like, well, I don't want to keep using the same shows. So I have to kind of challenge myself to listen to new ones. And then I have to discover new ones and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's a lot. It's fun. So fun. I'm going to miss this doing this, but I'll be really excited to come back. Same. Okay. So, but we do have to talk about our sponsor. <sighs> it's oh. true. <clears throat> now a word from our sponsor, Geico. Dude, did you pick up those brewskis, dog? I need them so that I can enjoy a product called Geico. It's a co just for guys. So see you later, sisters or other people who don't identify with the dudes 100%. Geico is the brand that will make you chill harder, party better, smoke smarter. If you're a guy and you're not using Geico, don't even think about it. Sounds great. Quick, I have a quick question. Like, I, what is it? Like, I don't understand. Like, it's a company about. Uh, I'm not surprised <laughs> that you don't get it. You're a chick. 
Real guys get Geico. Go to Geico.com if you're a real guy who gets it. We're talking hunting. We're talking bar stools. We're talking rave music. We're talking tiny earmuffs that go right around your ears. We're talking company-sponsored clothing and backpacks. Okay, so like it sells those things? Like I don't get, like it's all about... Uh, I don't, don't worry, Lauren. I don't understand don't this company. Worry about it. Ladies <laughs> like, what be shopping. Ladies thing? be shopping. <laughs> it it's buy? Geico. <laughs> okay. Bruh. Okay. I hope everyone else gets it because it's I don't Geico. Get bruh. It. Okay. 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 Enter discount code podcast podcast now and you'll receive a free peppermint Bianca fast blast breath spray. Sweet. Thanks, Geico. I still don't get I, it. Lauren. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Geico. Thanks. I, I guess. I, and also, apologies. I thought Geico was an insurance company. <laughs> I mean, I'm just a dumb chick, I guess. You know? no, 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 no. No one's saying you're dumb. We're just saying you don't get Geico. Oh, okay. Yeah. I do yeah. not argue. That In fact, I don't get it. you are decidedly smarter than also, I am. I don't want to get it. So it sounds well, that stupid. feels hurtful. I, I shouldn't be saying this. I don't. I didn't know you liked. I don't make fun of shopping. You go to raves. I don't make fun of. <laughs> I don't make fun of. I don't know hair ties. Oh my god, yes, you do. I heard. <laughs> I you do that make one fun time. of hair ties. Yeah. Okay, I take that back. Oh my god. Okay. Wow. Thanks, Geico, I guess. Okay. Should we go to another club one? Yeah. We, if we don't get out of this, oh uh, this sponsor like section, end our friendship. It really will. Okay. Um, but like, we got to make the money. <laughs> wow. Men really are from Venus and women are from yeah. Mars or switch that if or whatever. If you understood that ad, yeah. tweet us at... Mars away. Yeah. Tweet us at love your podcast, Geico, on Twitter. Hashtag I get Geico. <laughs> okay. All right. This first clip. <laughs> I did not listen to this in advance. Good. I'm excited. I just saw what it was and I got so excited. Okay. Every Little Thing is the podcast. It's a really charming, like, fact-finding, fact finding podcast from Gimlet they seek to solve listener questions about anything literally anything it's really it really covers a lot of topics but um some examples are like they they talk about when pants became a thing the history of postage stamps and why auctioneers talk so fast I hope they do not cover when the bra was invented because I don't don't want to know hey really quickly can you do your best auctioneer impression in, in under 30 seconds Oh my gosh, why? Like, if I, was I supposed to have been practicing for this? No, not at all. Hey, better, 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 swing, better, 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 hey, homie, homie, homie. Is that what? Wait, are you a professional auctioneer? Well, I'm an auctioneer and an umpire. Great, great. So, good crossover. Do either. Well, you would love the episode about why auctioneers talk so fast. Oh my gosh. Um, why I talk so fast. <laughs> <laughs> On this episode, they're, they're exploring how goldfish came to be so prevalent in our culture. Sounds boring. I already know. Oh my gosh. Wow. Well, without reading the show notes, tell me, tell me <laughs> Let's why. Let's just skip to my Wow, 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 wow. Okay. Wow. Um, okay. <laughs> they first dig into the history. So apparently in ancient Asia, there were these fish called Crucian carp and they're pretty big they're they were much bigger than like our common goldfish are now like you'd have to hold them with two hands um and they were a regular part of people's diets you could eat them they were dark green with a gold belly but occasionally there would be a crucian carp that had all golden scales uh-huh. i knew that also <laughs> you're you, it's so funny you're actually mouthing refreshing. what i'm saying because yeah. it seems like you just already know I mean, thanks for like helping me along <laughs> um so eventually they began began breeding the all golden ones kind of together to create like an all gold fish and it's kind of the genesis of what we now know as the modern goldfish also this was like 500 ad like a really long time ago 
you like 497 but i'll give it to you <laughs> oh my gosh i'm so sorry i guess i didn't do my facts no. fact checking enough uh so okay in this clip pet historian Catherine greer is talking about how these sparkly little buddies made their way from asia to america and then they make it to the united states the first advertisement that i found for them in the united states is actually from 1804 They're sold on the East Coast, but not exactly as pets. They're regarded uh, as parlor ornaments. Like living sculpture, basically beautiful decorative prisoners. Is that not what pets are? Or at least fish? I agree with you. But this was beyond. Like, people didn't understand you needed to feed them. They treated them almost like a flower arrangement. And in fact, that's probably about how long they lived. That's dark. It does get brighter when people start to take an interest in keeping them alive. The big change seems to be in the 1850s. And part of that has to do with the development of what's called a balanced aquarium. So an influential book came out about aquariums and, quote, water cabinets, not to be confused with water closets. And the book laid out how you care for fish. You would put plants and gravel, and they'd sort of figured out that the plants would provide oxygen to keep the fish going. Did people have other types of fish? Like, was the tropical fish thing happening yet, or was it just goldfish? Well, people tried other fish, but goldfish had a special advantage. So I guess people tried other fish, too, but most of them would die. Because <laughs> goldfish are, like, resilient. Apparently, they can live at 30 degrees Fahrenheit or 100 degrees Fahrenheit, like anywhere in between there. That's crazy. And the other fish just kind of like weren't as resilient. Also, goldfish can survive in low oxygen. No one would have thought, I mean, I just feel like they're a little underrated. Yeah. No thinks that they have any skills. Well, they feel so obvious now because they've been around for a few hundred years. Right. You don't think they have any qualities. Like, you wouldn't want to date a goldfish, right. but actually, like, they have a lot of great qualities. It turns out, like, if you were hiring for, like, what is a good domestic right. fish, or if like, you're looking for a good mate, they're the perfect to candidate. Well, okay. I didn't know we were, like, mating with goldfish. Mating with I mean, the- <laughs> I'm just making suggestions. <laughs> just a suggestion. Bless you. Um, in So these fish were kind of the first modern disposable pet because they were cheap and replaceable. And now they're sold by the millions in the U.S. I was thinking about getting money one. I'm not kidding. Well, I was going to ask you. So did you have one growing up? No, I had newts. Did you have a fish? Cute. I think newts would be another example of a disposable pet. Same with like we had guinea pigs. Like it's like they don't live that long. They're kind of replaceable because they're cheap. You immediately lose them and they die in your dollhouse. (laughs) Wait, is there a chance that specific example (laughs) happened? Yes. They all all run to the dollhouse the second (laughs) they get loose. Well, hello. What would you want? Like glass, a glass box or like this beautiful dollhouse? You like, you see a dollhouse, you're like, there's my house. It's perfectly my size. It's like this terrarium doesn't even have a jacuzzi i totally get it <laughs> they dried out here's the yeah that's what happens to newts i newt the cute r.i.p um just tip for newt owners hide your dollhouses well they're gonna noted. gravitate towards the is dollhouse. there a chance a first step could be don't let them out of the like terrarium no you have to play with them what you, what <laughs> you play with them play with them how you like let them out and let you like, crawl over you and, and stuff. then you don't collect them back up you, at the end of playtime you lose them hey, you lose you them know what? <laughs> sometimes, when i was seven i wasn't sometimes as attentive them. as i am today <laughs> that's hysterical it was a little dumb i love that but do you have, do you can't lose fish that's Ooh, you can't lose thing. fish we you can't play with them either though no. you can pet them 
you can. Yeah, you can. Okay. We had we had some do fish you growing want up. To, though, I don't know. okay. You sure. you I do. I don't want to. Okay. I did. Okay, oh. we differ. Okay. I like petting fish. Okay. Um, I'm gonna try I, it. I love fish. Alan got me one year for my birthday, uh, betta fish, and he dropped it off at my work. I thought you were gonna say he like dropped it. Where is no. it? I didn't know you had a fish. No, Where this was this was a long time ago. Oh. Um, before we were married, um, and he lasted a good a good long time um his name was fish lisha rashad like Felicia rashad oh, the funny. actor but That's fish funny. um and he did pretty well but then he died the night that marriage equality passed in the supreme court no no no. he died the night marriage equality passed in the state of new york when oh, wow. governor Andrew cuomo passed that into law um so i think that he was um anti-gay yeah or yeah you definitely shouldn't get another one because it might reverse it because i don't know if you've been paying attention to the news but we're kind of into like reversing rights we honestly love reversing rights we love reversing rights so don't get another goldfish yeah and if you get a newt throw away all of your dollhouses good to know that's what i've learned this is good to know um from this pet historian which by the way i want to be a pet historian same how do i get into that cake wait but you were saying you were considering buying a fish for monty as a pet i mean he would eat it well could you keep cover on it i I would want him oh. to play with it. I don't know. Aw. But that's mean. It's well, super mean. this was kind of my question. So as a, like, an ethical animal lover. Mm, it's tricky. Do you have feelings about, like, a pet fish? Or a pet I in mean, general? Fish, or like I don't really care about. But, like, Monty, I don't know. Like, he doesn't have the best life, you know, but. He doesn't have the best life? I mean. I feel like he has a great life. But he's in captivity. Yeah. But his uh, his option would be to be homeless or live yeah. with someone else. Like, I don't know. Or not more likely not have been bred because there's not an industry for it if people didn't have right. pets. Cats I pets. will say, I don't see the difference between eating him and a hamburger. I That's so funny. I was just talking to my friend who's a vegetarian about this. And I think this is a vegetarian or vegan thing. Is that we... I was like critical about Lisa Vanderpump, who's a housewife of Beverly Hills, because she was like all about this Yulin dog festival. There's this festival in Yulin, I guess, and they kind of like torture dogs and then eat them. It's this thing they do every year. And she was like, she has this big campaign against it. She's like literally weeping on camera, like blah, blah, blah. Like, I can't believe these poor dogs. And I'm like, pigs are just as smart. And that drives on a massive scale. That's one of my pet peeves. Me too. Alan says I'm not compassionate enough about that. Get Alan over here right now. Yeah. Because what, what is the difference? I feel the same. People who are Hindu, like a cow is sacred and they can't believe. Dogs is very cute. Yeah. Just because they're domesticated. People don't want to admit it because they're like, well, I can kill these animals. Yeah. And I can't kill the, I'm not, it's not even like I, I can kill cows, but how dare you kill I know. I know. Extreme. I know. Like complete extremes. Like I'm going to let this one into my house and then I'm going to literally grow to murder chick like never mind oh my god and i'm not judging anyone who does eat meat of course but it's like i don't get when you would eat meat and then be like i can't believe someone could eat a dog yourself as an animal lover it's like if you eat animals fine but just don't make a big deal out of how much you love animals yeah because there's people that love animals more than you do and they don't eat them (laughs) Yeah, it's a threshold. And like Sorry. and like everyone does what they can, right? Like obviously I am complicit in the torturing of animals with my animal product consumption in, right. in the form of dairy and whatever eggs. But you acknowledge that. But I acknowledge it. I don't know. Anyway, this all came from owning goldfish and how ethical that wow. is. Well, people who like people who own frogs have to feed them crickets. People who own snakes have to feed them mice. Yeah. I mean, we I feed Monty meat. Yeah, right. What's there you go. What's in a can? What's the difference? Right. It's canned grossness. Right. 
I feed him shrimp. I buy him shrimp at the store. Yeah. I buy him. Um, I sometimes we buy him sardines. Yeah. So I give him. Sh- I give him dead oh, fish. <laughs> he's, he's so happy. Being, right so I now. wish you all could see how cute he is. I know he's being very cute. Um, if you had kids, what what would you let them have pets? Yeah, totally. Yeah. A cat. Well, I want it for me. What about like a disposable pet? No. Or what they're no, calling no, like no, a no, disposable? No. No nudes. No. no guinea pigs. I just feel like it's going to die and be traumatic. And yeah. Like, well, some people say it's a good way to like teach kids about death, but I don't know. Ugh. I don't have kids. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't well, I don't know. I love this conversation. Um, y'all, this episode's really cute. I think you should listen to the whole thing. It's from the podcast Every Little Thing. The host of this episode was Flora Lichtman. Um, and the episode is Why Goldfish Swam Into Our Living Rooms. Check it out. Hey. Turn. Clip number two. What you got? Okay, I do this thing again where I yeah. like I'm taking us through a series. I'll try to make yeah because we're not going to dive in too deeply. But yeah, I, wanna, I have. I want to talk about failure. Yeah, something I've been thinking a lot about lately. And you you did this before, sort of like on a theme, and then you found multiple clips that are kind of relevant to the theme. Yeah, I, I love I it. I feel like it's some. It always happens when you're thinking about something a lot. Yeah, and you start noticing that it's everywhere. Pops up. So I kept on noticing that a lot of podcasts I was listening to were dealing with like failure and how to deal with failure. Yeah. So the first part that I'm going to share with you is from Secrets of the Most Productive People. Have you ever listened to this one before? Um, I do. Have we talked about it on this show? I do think I've listened anyway. It's by it Fast matter. Company. I think yeah. probably. Yeah. Um, For some reason, I thought I challenged you to it, maybe. but I could be. it could be something similar. Well, thank you. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Thank you. Thank you, maybe. <laughs> Um, this is from how to train your brain to be more resilient to failure. And so fast company deputy editor, Kate Davis and her assistant editor, Anissa, um, help listeners try to figure out how to work smarter instead of harder and dissect exactly how to get it all done. That's like the point of the show. And here they're kind of talking about this idea where like, we always think that like people with a lot of successes are just like better or smarter or like been blessed or something like with a lot of successes you just think they're the bomb you know but really like they probably have more failures than you if they have more successes yeah to get a lot of successes you have to have a lot of failures so it's like the more you have of one the more you have of the other it's not a zero-sum game because it means you're trying yeah yeah so actually like failure isn't failure it's part of the process yeah so it's a it stepping stone a to success. You shouldn't even call, think of it as a failure. Totally. So they're in, interviewing this woman, um, internqueen.com CEO and founder, Ooh. Lauren Berger, about the biggest misconceptions people have about failure. That's where I like to start. What are some of the common advice about failure that you think hurts people more than helps them? It's, I almost want to say, if you failed, you failed. But it's like, Failure is part of the process. And I will tell you that most of the things that I've done that people call, quote unquote, air quotes, successful, kind of started with some sort of giant failure or rejection. And so I think that failure is part of the process and and failure doesn't have to be the end. You know, it just means you got to get in there. You got to rejigger your tools a little bit maybe shift reformat your ideas and then you go again i like i like that she said like you know like change up your tools because you'll learn from it right like you do something differently based on that yeah and then the successes that you've had probably have come from failures yeah no one doesn't have them and i that makes sense with me all all the things that i've had have been because something bad something went wrong and i moved to something else yeah 
Um, so anyway, in part two, I want to talk about Conan O'Brien needs a friend. And mm. I can't believe I haven't talked about this podcast yet. <laughs> Do you listen to this podcast? I've, I've listened to a few episodes and I think we've talked about it in a conceptual way, but we haven't yeah. played like a clip or anything. I was hesitant to, to listen to it actually. Sorry, yeah. he's so uh, shedding. No, I love it. Um, you love it. <laughs> um, but he invites, okay, so on the show, Conan invites guests who have been on his TV show and tries to get to know them and find out if they could be friends in real life, not just on the TV show. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure if it'd be funny because I was like, I don't know, he's like so huge. Like, yeah. He's probably out of touch and like an old white guy, like, not that he's that old, but whatever. Okay. But it's actually very, very funny. It seems a little off the rails and like weird. You like, it's not like, you know, he's doing what he wants to do. It's very Conan. You can right. tell he's very involved. <clears throat> yeah. The guests are just like super funny. I actually love it. I love his um like banter with his like assistant and stuff. It's great. But Tignataro was on it. Uh-huh. And I love Tignataro. And um, they're talking about like how to turn failure around. And Tig has a really funny story. So she, she in this clip, she's talking about how she was like bombing at a show in Florida. Like, it was just the wrong crowd. She's booked in the wrong place. And TIG is not for everyone, okay? She was not for these people. So instead of trying too hard or just, like, running off the stage in shame, she stopped and started acknowledging how bad the show was going. <laughs> She's, like, saying to the people, like, what's going What do you think is going on here? Like, what do you want? Isn't it at least funny how bad this is going? And she actually gets off the stage and sits with a couple at a table in the front. And I think that there's some life advice here about what you can do if you are failing. And sometimes it's best just to embrace it and laugh. And they're paying me money. And like, I, like, I normally even do bigger venues than this. Right. And it usually goes well. And nothing I'm saying is registering with this entire room. This is, do you, this, that is at least funny to you, right? I was like, that has to be funny. Did and they, they, did they like that? They were kind of looking at me like yeah I guess that is kind of funny and then I just I got off stage and I went and sat down with this couple that was sitting in the front row at their table and I was like what is happening like I how is it you guys collectively are baffled by me Mm -hmm. and once I started talking to this couple in the front row, I think there was a collective response of like, yeah, this is funny. This isn't going well. And we, <laughs> we were just all sitting in that moment talking about where I was like, what do you think? What is it where you do you want more energy? Do you wish I was more vulgar or and we were just kind of having this open discussion within <laughs> it the, became like a town hall meeting. Yeah. And about I was, your comedy. Yeah. And, and I was sitting at the table with somebody. I just abandoned the stage and I was just like, what can we do? to make this better because <laughs> I am not like a focus group. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I'm not what you're looking for. <laughs> do you, wait, do you like Tig? I love yeah, Tig. Yeah. yeah, I do. I mean, do you ever think you could do this? Or like, what do you do when you're in a situation when you're flailing? Does well, that ever happen to you? You don't flail. I do flail. 100% I flail. But I think the tricky thing in this example and that I've experienced is sometimes other people don't have the answers for you. An audience like that probably doesn't couldn't identify what they are looking for in a comic they couldn't say oh i really prefer someone who's more crass or whatever that's totally not the point right that's true that's true it doesn't matter what they say the point is like acknowledging it almost doesn't matter yep taking a moment to gauge and yeah it's like 
just that it's let's make a joke out of yeah. funniness. Yeah. They don't need it. She doesn't Tick wasn't actually looking for answers. Mm. I don't think. Well, and I but wondered I was just thinking sorry. No, no, no. I just thought of this. I really feel like the point of comedy is to connect with people. She uh-huh. wasn't connecting so she was like, at least we can connect with how fucked up this connect. is. Yeah. So that's it doesn't true. matter what you say. Yeah. But like we can agree that this is bad. Yeah, totally. That's interesting. Sorry, what were you going to say? Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I think about like if I'm designing something and I don't think I have the intention of what it's supposed to be yet. Um, even if I don't think that the person who's assigning the creative in whatever capacity that looks like for me, even if I don't think they can articulate it, if I go to them and ask them to explain it in a different way, if I ask them specific questions, I'm going to get more information, right? Yeah. Even if it's not the answer, I'm going to get more information. So it kind of makes me think like revisiting communication, all of those things are really helpful, yeah, and you know? Even if it's not information you agree with, it's at least yeah. interesting. And could, help, like, and could make you think about it in a different way. Yeah. Have you heard about the NASA pen example? No. So... NASA back in, I think like the eighties, um, needed to come up with a pen that could write in space that upside down. Well, that's the thing is with zero gravity, most pens work where the ink pools at the bottom. Right. right? And so it had to work where it wouldn't smudge. It worked on the surfaces that they were using up in space, which was, I don't know, the moon. Um, and it had to, you know, it had to like, the ink couldn't dry up and blah, blah, blah. Right. So they had all these teams of like inventors and engineers coming up with what this space pen could be until they realized um, a pencil would work. A oh. pencil checked all the boxes huh. for what they needed in space. And so it was like they briefed it wrong. They yeah. briefed it as we need a space pen that has all this functionality rather than saying we need to write in space and here are the challenges. Right. You know what I mean? If something's failing, it's also like yeah. take a step back. Yeah. And I wonder if in this situation it's like Tig thought the brief was tell my jokes and make these people laugh. But the actual brief was like, no, connect with these I people. I love that example. Yeah, and it makes me think like if you're failing at work or something, yeah. maybe you take a step back and say, I have the wrong brief. Yeah. What actually, are we, I love this. What are we actually trying to achieve? Yeah. Use the pencil. Yeah. Whew, that was, huge. oh my God, what is up with him? He's, he's just like, okay. He's, he's like being rolling so around cute. on the floor. He does he's not want, he so wants us petting him right now. <laughs> anyway, okay, so I just like this because it's like make the failure actually a good thing. So yeah. I, my final clip. Yes, yes, yes. It's from Work Life with Adam Grant. I feel like we very recently talked about yeah. this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe you suggested it to me or you brought it up or something, but mm-hmm, I, I mm-hmm. do love it. I think, I, I think it was a challenge, yeah. So, um... Basically, this is called Bouncing Back from Rejection, a work life with Adam Grant. It's a TED podcast. And um, my friend Emily Winter is on it. So cool. Yeah. Emily Winter is a comedian in New York. I met her at Barnes & Noble. We've been we've remained friends. Um, but she had this thing where she was like struggling in her comedy and not getting writing jobs that she wanted. So she gave herself a goal in the year 2018, January 1st, that she wanted to get 100 rejections mm-hmm. in the year. This forced her to apply to everything and try everything. And then when she got a rejection, it was like, yes. Bonus. It was like, check mark. Yep. So she was trying to get the rejection. So this, okay, so first we started with like, why failure is actually part of the process and right. like, don't worry about it. And then it's like, well, you can make the best of it, right? But now we're talking about like, try to fail. Right. Because 
you're going to fail anyway, so you might as well try and then sometimes succeed. So it, so anyway, she was like on the Today Show, like talking about this and everything. It's really fun to listen to her talk about it. So she ended up with 107 rejections because as she says, she's an overachiever and getting <laughs> rejected. And 43 acceptances, which one of them was writing for the New York Times and in the New Yorker, things that she said she never would have applied for because she never would have thought she was good enough. That is so I, cool. I wanted, <clears throat> I love this idea of like set a failure goal. Yeah. That's crazy. What yep. if we all did that? Yep. So anyway, let's listen to her talk about it, shall we? Let's. I was just like, I have to create opportunities for myself. Trying to get rejected a hundred times was uh, scary and empowering. Like, I was sort of excited going into the year because I kind of felt invincible because it really does reframe things as a win-win. Obviously, a rejection is an asset when you're aiming for a hundred rejections. It's that's a win. You know, it goes on the list of rejection. I love that. I think that's so cool. And just like framing it like, well, yeah, of course, of course, you're going to re- get rejected, like gives you the space to go for those things that you're like, I don't know if I'm good but enough. But also, made, I liked how she said she made her feel resilient. Yeah. Because if you are afraid of getting rejected, yeah. of course, you're going to be af- like, you're going to go in with fear. But if you're like, nope, it's going to happen. Hit me. Yep. I'm not afraid. I know it's going to happen. Yeah. You're wide open. I hit me. I'm ready for the rejection. I right. want the rejection. Right. What could you be scared of? Right. But if you go in afraid of rejection, like, I hope it doesn't happen. When it happens, you're going to be devastated. Or you're not going to go in at all. You're not going to do the, th- you're not going to try because you're so afraid of so rejection. So what a freeing feeling. You yeah. know what? It's kind of like, I've been playing a lot of Nintendo. You know when you get the little star and you can run through and hit everything? Yeah. It's like you have the little star because think about how freeing that is. You're like, yeah. like yeah. I don't care. You yeah. can't kill me. Like, and then you can run faster. And I think it's also tied to knowing your worth because the idea is I know I have value, a rejection, I won't let that define my worth or value. And so, you know. Yeah, separating the failure from your value. Yeah. So it's like, that's yeah, hard. Fail. It has nothing to do with me. Yeah, that's hard. It's not personal. Yeah. But she did say, um, like, she kept a document Mm -hmm. where she put every single one Mm -hmm. and had notes on every single one Mm -hmm. and the notes are kind of like yeah that hurt or like that was a close friend i thought you know she actually tracked everything so some of them did feel personal but i bet writing it down and like embracing it that's like what tigged it embrace it and it doesn't hurt so much yeah anyway i love that i learned i feel like i learned positive things about failure that's a really good one anyway i needed that podcasts making us better since since cereal was that when they started okay (laughs) good one um it's time for our segments let's go so the first one our first segment is called burke milano 2020 Oh, I really, I didn't have time to listen to this whole one. And I really oh, wanted to. I'm so mad. I'm almost jealous. Shit, shit, shit. I'm almost jealous you get to listen to this whole episode. Can I ask a question? New. Should, I, yeah. should I ask my question now or at the end? Um, I think you should, should ask it whenever end. you want to ask it. Okay. What feels right? Can I tell you now because I'm dying? Yeah, tell me now. So I know it's about me too. Yeah. And that Joe Biden is interviewed on it. Yes, Correct. I'm troubled. Is it? Does it call out that he has humongous issues with that? It, it Is that does. what it's about? Nope. Okay. 
Um, so, okay, let me sorry, let me introduce sorry, it sorry, for folks. No, no, no. This. So, okay, Sorry Not Sorry is the podcast. It's from actor and activist. Why did I do this? No, not at all. I just feel over? like then folks listening will Should know context. Over? No, 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 no. Um, so it's from actor and activist Alyssa Milano. It tackle, tackles um, social, political, and cultural issues from the perspective of unapologetic guests with highlighting activists doing amazing things throughout the country. Unapologetic guests, am I right? Uh, sorry, keep going. <laughs> no, no, no. So, okay, I love Alyssa Milano. And what I didn't know but did some research on was she's been fighting the good fight for decades. She's been an advocate for AIDS awareness and treatment forever, like since the 80s, um, vegetarianism, foreign water crises and wars and countless other things. Um, And she's credited actually with reigniting the Me Too movement in 2017, which was originally created by one of this episode's guests, Tarana Burke. So she started, Toronto Burke started the Me Too movement in 2006 to help survivors of sexual violence, particularly women and girls from low-income communities, find pathways to healing. She's been a huge pivotal figure in this cultural shift that we're currently in, where people committing these acts of sexual violence are finally starting to be held accountable-ish, and where women are feeling more comfortable to talk about their experiences. Okay, so... The reason, Lauren, you're asking about this is because the guests on this episode of Sorry Not Sorry are Toronto Burke and Joe Biden. Um, Joe Biden, of course, our former vice president, um, he recently, some women have come out to say that he um, touched them inappropriately, not necessarily sexually, but just would be a little bit handsy in the workplace. But that's not even what I was going to say. Oh, go ahead. The Anita Hill. Oh, right. He he proceeded over the Anita Hill hearings, which, of course, were not great. Um, so, she, and talk about sorry, not sorry, and unapologetic. He's, totally. So he, well, he, he, I mean, he didn't, he didn't, like, come down with the ruling on the Anita Hill ca- case, I know, but right? I feel like he um, owes an ex, has been owing an ex. Oh, 100%. It was just weird to see the Me Too and Joe Biden in the same thing. And that's so, what was like, what? And bef- that's why I can't wait to listen to this. Totally. So before he, um, she talks about transparency, that they are friends, and that she knows that there have been issues with this, and then she sort of give uh, plays a recording of him talking about, like directly addressing the issue. Oh, okay. Yeah, and cool. he kind of talks about that, like, you know... The culture has changed for the better um, and that he, you know, is is remorseful for what happened then and how he acted and his part in it and blah, blah, blah. And how moving forward he would, you know, he's going to be a stronger advocate for, you know, women and women's rights and all that. That's right. Yeah. Because that's all we can It do. needed to be addressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. Like, yeah, you're right. What do, we, what do we want? Do yeah. We off a cliff? No, that's right. what we want. No, yeah, yeah you yeah. just need right. to directly address it. Totally. Um so, okay, I've gotten pushback in my life from people about about the Me Too situation and specifically about the idea of um, one, one big sort of mantra of the Me Too movement is believe all women, right? The idea being women who are coming forward about their sexual viol- about the sexual violence they've experienced, we should believe them because historically women are not believed. Cut to Anita Hill, cut to mm-hmm. Dr. Christine Blasey Ford. Um, and by the way, the reason that, you know, Roe v. Wade may be overturned is because people didn't believe Dr. Christine Blasey Ford, and now we have a Supreme right. Court that is insanely conservative and, you know, will likely overturn Roe v. Wade. So that's cute. I think there is a problem, though, with that. Like, it is that they believe them. 
they don't care. They don't a care. A lot that That's a good on. point. It's That's a good point. Bleeding. But I have heard from people in my life that they take issue with the idea of believe all women because they think that they yeah. misunderstand it to mean that like every person accused of sexual violence of of enacting sexual violence should be like immediately canceled or immediately imprisoned but that's not really what that means so in this clip unsurprisingly toronto book burke explains it totally beautifully so here here is her explanation of what believe all women really means this notion about believe women has been so controversial um and actually we don't say believe women we say believe survivors it's really important that people recognize that me too is not just about women and it's not just about it's not a woman's movement yeah but saying believe women or believe survivors um is not at the expense of anybody else it's not to say believe people regardless of who says it without investigation it's to try to shift away from what was the the norm before this moment and the norm before this moment was that when anybody declared or had the wherewithal to stand up and say that this thing happened to them, that they have dealt with sexual violence in some way or even sexual harassment, the the people start off with the premise that they're lying. Right. Right. They start off from the place of questioning and not believing. And so if you automatically don't believe them, um, then you're not going to investigate further and you're not going to provide the kind of resources that they need. And so, Saying believe women or believe survivors is about starting from the premise that people are not lying and giving these declarations and claims and disclosures the kind of gravity and seriousness that they deserve. No, you said it better. (laughs) There's no way Toronto Burke articulated it better. Um, She's incredible. And I just like louder for the people in the back. Like the idea isn't that we don't investigate. The idea is that historically, when women say, I have been sexually abused, sexually harassed, or anyone, or anyone, you're, you're, you're totally right. Survivors, when survivors say, the instinct is not to believe. And that has to change. We have to listen to these people and we have to investigate these claims. It's like believe until proven guilty. Right. Because if someone was like, I was robbed, we wouldn't be like, was your door locked? Right. Or, or are like you sure really? you were actually robbed? Sometimes right. people what pretend like they're robbed. Yeah. It's insane. If people say they have been robbed, and that's even like a less harmful, less personal also, crime. It's more likely that there's so much more shame with rape and sexual harassment. So like, how, the I don't even, no one will ever know the percentage of women that don't say anything. Exactly. We'll never know. We'll exactly. Never know. And that's the other thing. These same people who are saying like, oh, believe all women, Me Too is kind of BS, are the same people who think that these women, these survivors, excuse me, I'm going to correct that language. These survivors coming forward have something to gain by doing so. Yeah. Dr. Christine Blasey Ford had to move Ugh. her family three different times because of death threats because she had the bravery to come out and say, we probably shouldn't have someone on a Supreme Court Brett Kavanaugh, who has sexually violated women, wanna, who is a sexually violent man. I like lose it when I think about that day and picturing her up there. It was a it was a hard day for this country. When this hero is standing in front of us and we choose to say it's choose to say I don't believe yeah. you. Um, anyway, they they also talked about how important the movement is in term the Me Too movement is in terms of having language around it, having a cultural lexicon for this because. 
Me too, those words, it's an outward declaration that allows victims to stand together. It allows them to identify with one another, be part of that community, and to say, I see and believe you. Like language is important and the way we understand things is important and that's part of the power of the Me Too movement. Yeah, and also I don't want to make it seem like when you say me too, that it's not a big deal, but it's, it's in a shared experience. Yeah. When you say it's not, I'm, you're, you're not alone in this. Yeah. Me too. The word too means also. Yeah. You're t- part of something. Yeah. You're not on an island. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This sounds like a different Eric than the one that was just talking about Geico. What? Don't you love like Don't be hating on my matured in the last 30 minutes yeah i've um, become much more as the kids say whoa woke whoa whoa woke <laughs> anyway the we we say it a lot but truly for this one listen to the entire episode because yeah. it's fantastic I really want it's to. um Alyssa milano's sorry not sorry the the episode is toronto burke and joe biden and also one more thing yeah stop shitting on people for believing women because that happens to me too just shut up just let people let me believe women at least have the common sense just don't say anything yeah gosh oh my god okay Okay. agreed agreed Agreed. hey what's your um bonus seggy well since i like mine other one was like so long i wasn't complicated i'm not i don't want to say it's kind of like a no comment but i'm calling this segment (gasps) the preview because i know you love movie previews uh, right? Alan loves movie previews. Oh, Alan makes you go to them. You... Yeah, we always get there early enough to see I all knew the that previews. You did, but it was, it's not because of you. It's only Alan. It's Alan. Okay. Yeah. Well, how do you yeah. feel about that? No, I don't want to see a preview. Oh, then maybe you'll really enjoy this clip because yes. it's making fun of previews. Yes, perfect. Okay. So I feel like we were re- recently talking about this uh, movie trailers going like under this huge evolution where uh-huh. we used to watch them in theaters, but now we watch them online. So they serve a different purpose. Um, but there's always like these like movie trailer tropes, mm. like in a world, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, that they don't work for any other medium. And right. There's actually a movie with Tignataro in it called in a world. Oh, that's funny. And it's about the voice <laughs> of the movie trailer. Seriously. So like, YouTube uh, Craven Morehouse, um, YouTube creator Craven Morehouse created a movie trailer based on all of the tropes you hear again and again into one. Everything that works, common elements from all trailers, creating like the perfect trailer. You know, it doesn't Uh make any sense. It's not for a real movie. It's just like everything mixed into one so after you hear this episode you'll never be able to watch a tra- blockbuster trailer the same way again and also it's very similar to like the 80s movies you know like yeah trailers are a little different now but this uh i really enjoy this hang on have you ever wondered about this particular thing because it turns out that that thing is real thing I referred to earlier? Well, it's happening, and it will destroy us all. Someone has to stop this thing. And that someone is you. You didn't think it would be that easy, did you? 
think I'm the one. I'm not the person who can stop this thing. You are that person. Now take my hand! Wow, wow, wow. I cannot wait to see that movie. I would watch that movie. so good. 10 out of 10. Take my my money. (laughs) I love the trope of like taking a poppy, fun, like upbeat song and like slowing it down, you know? Well, that was a huge thing. Um, remixing the choir or like doing choir yeah they talked about how a lot of movies will do a choir version of like a uh, heavy metal song yes right oh my gosh yeah anyway I would listen to the whole thing because it's funny when you really think about what these trailers are doing and maybe we'll see one of these trailers in Venice when we go to the (gasps) Venice Film Festival together Uh, Uh, that's really why we can't record over the summer is because we're just spending the entire summer in Venice we should record something that'd be really fun yeah 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 maybe that can be our little mini app interview cookie oh my gosh I would that that's a great idea. Okay. We have that. a lot of episodes coming out actually. We do. It's gonna be more work. Okay. <laughs> We're doubling the amount. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Um, should we jump to segment segment? Yes. Do you have one? What's yours? Mine is I I, I, I went snorkeling recently because yes. I'm yes. on a cruise ship. And I must say, like, I'm a, it's my fear. I'm a really I'm you know, I'm a strong swimmer, but yep. I'm really afraid of naturalized water. And I was with my aunt and like I've gone snorkeling before by myself and like never gotten too into it, but we really like, cause I'm, she's a scuba diver and like I went, followed her and in Castaway Key, they have like sunken ship, like ship crashes. What do you call them? Ship, shipwrecks. Wrecks. <laughs> at the bottom, like yeah. these fake things yeah. you can look at and explore, but mm-hmm. you have to find them. Yeah. And like, I've never even tried. So my aunt was like, no, we're finding them. Mm-hmm. So we spent the whole day looking for them and finding them like all over the place. And there's like a gigantic Mickey statue at the bottom. And I swam all the way to the bottom and kissed them. Uh, and like, it's my big fear. And I did it. And I didn't even want to. I would find not doing it, but I was like, you're doing it. And then as soon as I got in the water, I kind of stopped being afraid because I love water. Yeah. You know, I love water. So yeah. like I was able to enjoy the thing I love. So I don't know what this segment segment is. Just like making yourself do something you don't want to do maybe or just snorkeling or just like the Bahamas. Or just oh. like underwater Mickey makeout. Oh my God. I got to do that. <laughs> anyway. That's so fun. That's so fun. Um, mine is also about where I was this past weekend. I was in Ohio visiting family because my little sister has a little teeny tiny baby, Aww. baby Ellie. So I got to spend some time with her and Alan got to meet her. I heard and she, her, she has a beautiful laugh. She has That's such a I cute heard. little teeny tiny little laugh and a really cute smile. It was trending smile. on Twitter. She makes the best noises. That's Adorable. Fake. It, Is she a doll it seems it. It seems fake. No, it's real. She she's manipulative. <gasps> Maybe, but what but is she getting? Like, this is so cute. Everyone's oh, gonna she die. Knows. Yeah. Oh <laughs> she's my like, gosh. they're gonna buy me more presents. Yeah. Okay. And I will. It's working. She's the I best. wanna buy her. What can I buy her? I'm buying you her. You can buy her um a little Mickey. I don't know. It should be something Disney because you love Disney. Okay. Yeah. I'll go get that statue. Yeah, do you mind? Real quick. 
Perfect. Um, well, we made it to the end. DJ and- Jaywoo is at a weed conference in Oregon. So <laughs> yeah. In case you're wondering why the show is going so terribly. We, mi- we miss him terribly. We did the tech this, ourselves. We've well, learned. This may or may not have recorded. Yeah, we'll knows? find out. <laughs> um, it doesn't matter. We had a blast. It's true. If you made it this far, thanks for listening. I mean, Geico will be really mad. That's but- true. That's true. Our sponsor. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll have to throw him some bones. Yeah. It's a guy thing. Okay. I don't get it. But <laughs> Thanks to our oh, editor, Kara. Oh, Thanks to you all. Rate and review. And um, this is the end of season one. We'll catch you on the flip side <laughs> of season two. Thanks for listening two. to a very long season. We love you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>